0: welcome to her sports convo with ashley wilson hey y'all welcome back crazy to see you here again i hope you had a good week last week i hope you have a good week this week oh We're learning about hockey today, y'all. I know this is not what we usually talk about. We're usually a basketball, football kind of realm here. But you know, I always have my special loves for those you know, sports who need a little bit more light. And this week we're gonna shine some light on hockey, but especially women's hockey. And Rebecca here, she was dropping knowledge all the day is long. And you guys are gonna love it. I know you are, you just don't really know yet. But I'm going to stop talking so you can learn about Rebecca and her story. And literally, she's probably the best hockey player, arguably, and that I know. And that's really out there in the world. So y'all are getting all this good stuff. So let me stop talking so y'all can go listen. This week, we have Rebecca Morse on. And y'all, let me tell you, she is a genial star in women's hockey. Like, four-time professional player. All-star, she's won the Isabel Cup, hope I'm saying that right. And I mean, Providence superstar, like how have we got to lucky to have her on? Thank you for being here.
1: Of course, well, what an intro, I appreciate that. I'm really looking forward to chatting today. It's actually Isabel Cup, but a lot of people call it, call it that.
0: I, uh, so I, no I try, hard
1: that. They, they should like put the like, um pronunciation of some yeah. things up there. Yeah, the phonetic spelling. Because no, a lot of people also call the NWHL the WNHL, so it's, it's common yeah. mistakes, and I try to, you know, do my due diligence and correct people. Okay, like on that one, people just need to read, like just yeah, just yeah, just
0: take your time and read the letters in the right order.
1: Yeah, that's that's less excusable for sure. Yeah. So, how did you get into playing hockey? So I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, girls' hockey was not really big when I was a kid. Um, I didn't really know any other girls who played hockey. and I really just stuck to playing recreationally. Uh, street hockey and roller hockey. I, li- I grew up on a cul-de-sac. So there wasn't a lot of you know car traffic. It was perfect for you know some pickup games. So I you know learned how to rollerblade. It it sort of came naturally to me and I, I really enjoyed it. I, you know my brother and I, my whole family really. my dad skated too, uh, my uncle. Not my mom, but uh, I wish she had, we we would be out there all the time, you know, just shooting pucks, um, blading around. And, uh, I fell in love with it pretty, pretty early on when I started that and became a big New Jersey Devils fan. So naturally I decided that I wanted to transition to ice and, you know, try it out, uh, see how I liked it. And I did that when I was eight years old. Um, so that's, that's when I started playing ice hockey and uh, really just stuck with it from there. I mean, soccer was my favorite sport when I was younger. And pretty soon, hockey overtook soccer as my favorite sport. You know, once I started playing more competitively on a travel team uh, with, with girls. Um, yeah, there's, there's no better feeling than, than being on the ice in a hockey rink. So uh, I still, still love soccer. But um, I was a very athletic kid growing up. Hockey is just the sport that, that stuck.
0: Like in all the like Disney movies, like the Lucky Ducks or whatever that Disney movie is called, and they're like in the cul-de-sac, like playing hockey on the street. And I'm like, I was like, do you really? Do people actually do that, or is that like a TV thing? But it's actually nice oh yeah,
1: that.
0: yeah. there's like the whole is that like a like real like the whole neighborhood comes out and they're like playing in the streets and stuff?
1: At least on um, the block that I grew up on, it was like that because there were. I mean, I grew up in a suburban town. There were a lot of kids around my age. Um, In the surrounding houses on my street so yeah it wasn't just hockey honestly it was we played pretty much every sport and you know everyone would come out it was that's how i spent most of you know most of my afternoons you know after school on the weekends when i wasn't you know doing organized activities i was always outside with the kids in the neighborhood so i mean it helps when you're when you have that uh, sort of upbringing where you can you know you can pick up games and you know it's not too serious but you're with your friends and you know regardless of you know whether it's something that people continue to pursue competitively and carry on um, you know pe- everyone wants wanted to be out there and and at least try to sort of be part of the group and and have fun did you
0: did you always know like I want to play hockey in college like I you know can see myself being able to perform at that level?
1: Not always. I mean, I think my first dream was to play in the NHL. Then that evolved to, you know, playing in prep school. Um, Cause I mean, at the time, my young adolescent mind thought that that was, you know, what, what you should, what I should do if I want to take my game to the next level. Um, like I said, girls hockey was really just developing at the time in New Jersey. So a lot of players were looking to looking elsewhere um, for opportunities. And that wasn't to say that you had to do, you know, go to prep school by any means in order to take your game to the next level. But that was something that I was definitely interested in um, just in terms of being in that environment with a lot of other, a lot of other athletes, that type of environment. So after that, the dream really became to play division one in college and to play in the Olympics, play on the national team. So again, it sort of evolved over time where, you know, the first time I laced up the skates and went on the ice, I was not thinking about college, you know, I was eight, I was eight years old. Um, But, you know, of course you have dreams, you have aspirations to, I mean, for most kids, I think most young athletes to play professionally. So the NWHL didn't exist at the time. There was no professional women's hockey. So I couldn't aspire to play in a women's league. I wanted to play uh, with the men, you know, in the NHL. Uh, So I'm, that's part of, you know, why I'm so passionate about growing women's hockey Um, because, you know, it's really awesome that we have a league now, but how can we take it to that next step and and grow it and make it sustainable? Something that, you know, where players don't have to have full-time jobs on the, on the side, (laughs) Um, you know, in order to, to be able to, you know, put food on the table. Yeah, that's that's where we're at now. So, you know, one day, that's what we're working for one day where, you know, women can just play hockey and have that be their only career. Exactly. That is why I kind of wanted you to come on and like tell us some about the
0: NWHL, especially hockey, because I feel like hockey in general is not a sport a lot of people talk about, but especially in the Northeast and Canada and places like that, it's like, baseball or basketball or football everywhere else, because, right. like, no one wants to be outside in, like, negative three degrees in <laughs> New Jersey in the winter, so y'all are all at the hockey rink, and how was that, was, did you ever feel pressure from, not necessarily your family or anything, but you did go to a prep school, and you played hockey, you said, like, 60, 65 games a season, like, did you ever feel like, you know, this is not, you know, I'm losing the feeling of wanting to play hockey. This is becoming more of the business side of hockey and not the
1: thing I fell in love with playing outside. Um, In high school, I would say no. Um, That probably didn't hit until college, towards the end of college. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I I pretty much always wanted to be playing hockey as a a kid. And, you know, I was the type of kid that you didn't really have to – like I coach I coach hockey youth hockey now, so try to encourage my girls who are really serious about it. You know, watch hockey in your free time, any level, men or women. Um, you know, work on stick handling at home in your free time because hockey's to your point. Hockey is a type of sport where you know you really have to put in. Well, there are, first of all there are a lot of barriers to entry. It's a very expensive sport. Um, ice time's expensive. The equipment's expensive. Travel's expensive. Um, in, in addition to, you know, the d- demands on your, on your time, but you really need ice in order to t- train, right. In order to practice or really s- simulate it as closely as possible. So that's why I tell the girls that I coach, you know, you need to be honing your skills away from the rink because you might only have an hour or a, f- a few hours every week to actually practice on the ice. It's not like soccer, or basketball. You can't just pick up a ball and go, you know, shoot around, dribble around. Um, so that's kind of how you, by training in other ways, through roller hockey, street hockey, you know, just stick handling at home or in the street. Um, you know, that's how you're really going to improve. And nobody really had to tell me to do that. Um, I mean, at, at times I did have, a, you know, a little bit of pressure of like, you know, hey, Rebecca, from my dad, you know, hey, Rebecca, if you want to achieve these goals that you have set out for yourself, you know, maybe you want to think about getting outside and shooting some pucks today, because I know you want to work on your slap shot. You want to get better at your slap shot. Um, but yeah, it's something that just came naturally to me. And I, I wanted to be, you know, working at it to, to get better. So there were, there was a lot of pressure. yet yeah, you know, a, a lot of it was self-imposed, I think. I'm, I'm somebody who's very hard on myself, but that's kind of a double-edged sword. There could be some some negative negativity that comes along with it. But I also push myself very hard and um, that oftentimes that has has led to success. Not always. But, um, you know, I'm my own harshest critic. So I think later in college, um, there started to be a little bit of burnout towards the end, which is natural. Right. Uh, You know, female hockey players. Previously, until like within the last 10 years really, I'd say most players sort of thought their careers would be over after college. There was no nothing beyond that. I mean, there's some leagues in Europe, um, there was a CWHL, Canadian Women's Hockey League that existed, um, that no longer exists, but there weren't a ton of opportunities beyond college for, for athletes, um, you know, female hockey athletes. So that was sort of the end for, for me, like in my mind, um it's hard to accept for sure but going back to what i was saying earlier i was always aspiring to like the next level so when i played was playing like youth club hockey in new jersey the next level for me was prep school hockey and prep school the next level that i aspired to was college and you know national team so i think it's awesome that women have something to aspire to beyond that now i i didn't so because the end was sort of near my junior, senior year, and I wasn't performing my best on the ice either. Was, I was starting to fall out of love with the game a little bit. And I hesitate to say that because that was honestly never really going to happen, but it's, it's it felt that way where it felt more like a job, honestly, at times. And, you know, because at the end of the day, your schedule is so regimented that, like, you look at, like in college, for example, you look at other college students, and you're like, "Wow, they all they have to do is go to school. That must be so nice." <laughs> like, go to school, obviously, get your work done and everything. Yeah. Like, it's not just that, but I, you know, I'm just constantly thinking about how you know how I'm feeling, my body, sleep, uh, making sure I'm getting enough meals in, and you know, snacks, and hi- and I'm hydrated. And I'm mentally focused so that I'm ready to play in a game or, you know, go to practice. I'm doing team lifts and workouts. I'm going to the shooting room. We're doing video. We're watching video as a team, you know, analyzing our play on the ice. We're having team meetings uh, about other things. So it's really like a full-time job <laughs> being a Division One athlete. And it eventually, uh, you know, led to a little bit of burnout towards the end. And I took a couple of years off after college from hockey. I was coaching youth hockey. I actually worked at a hockey shop too, while I was in grad school for a couple of years after undergrad, but I wasn't playing, um, at least not competitively. I wasn't training, working out really regularly. And I think that while that presented its downsides, because when I tried to get back into it competitively, it took like a full season really for me to feel comfortable on the ice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, even like you take a week or two off from skating, you feel it when you get back on the ice, like your legs are burning, you know, you feel awkward and really rusty. Um, so yeah, Yeah. two years, two years, it was, it was tough, but at the same time, I think I needed that break in order to fall back in love with the game and sort of like take it back to, my roots is like why I, how I fell in love with the game and why, and, you know, giving, I was giving back to the game as a coach. Um, that's something that I've, I've always wanted to do even when I was younger um, and, you know, I would volunteer a lot, um, helping teach hockey and work with kids who were younger than me. Um, but yeah, I was, that two year break was, was pretty nice. Uh, and I'm a big advocate. I mean, I tell my players now, like, you shouldn't be skating the entire summer. You know, you don't, you don't need that. Play other sports, (laughs) multi-sports, multi-sport athletes are great. Play other sports. It's cross training. Yes. Uh, You know, have other hobbies and activities. Don't put all your eggs in, in one basket, you know, because at the end of the day, like for example, in college, you get injured, you know, you want to make sure you're at a school that you're going to be happy at without your sport. Um, So it's really important, I think, to be uh, well-rounded.
0: That's a very good point, you know, because I feel like, especially like not to go off on a tangent about hustle culture, but um, you know, everyone like gets caught up or the idea of taking your hobby and making it your business, or everyone should be an entrepreneur in some way, you know, have their own form of employment. That's where it gets lost, especially with like kids and sports and being the next, you know, LeBron James or Rebecca Morse, You know, it gets it gets a little lost in there because people think that this is all they can be or that's the one thing they aspire to be because you take your hobby from what you did for fun by playing in the streets with your friends or your family and now it's your full-time job or it's your one of your sources of income and you don't see it as something you like to do anymore so I feel like not necessarily everyone needs to take a two years break or a year break or ever from whatever they're doing but you know step back and kind of reevaluate what it is and not just like trudge forward. Cause you might be trudging forward, but where are you going where you're trudging forward, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I definitely had an identity crisis during that two year period where I wasn't playing hockey. I'm like, who am I? What am I good at? Cause you know, I grew up always being known as an athlete, you know, and when you, when that's taken away from you, it's, it affects your confidence. Um, it's like, okay, what now, <laughs> what, what do I do with my life now? Um, and obviously I ended up coming back to the game and I do that. I really do that full-time now, um, that I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a director of a girls hockey program here in New Jersey and I play hockey professionally. So my life pretty much revolves around hockey, but at the same time, I, you know, it's important to, to step back, like you said, and, and really figure out, um, you know, who you are and, and other things things that you're, you're interested in sort of diversify that, that way, Um, you know, because it's important to have more than one hobby. And sometimes when you pour yourself into something, it, like, like you said, becomes more of a job instead of a hobby. So finding that the right balance is really important
0: exactly because I feel like even even like you know someone could like start knitting for fun and then someone's like you should put your knitting on Etsy and then like now your full-time business is knitting and now you don't have a hobby because you're like oh knitting is my hobby but in reality knitting is now your job and you need to find and have more than one hobby or have more than you know how people like always have more than one friend necessarily for different things like I feel like it gets lost in the quote-unquote business sense or things like that so that's I'm thankful for you brought that up because I feel like that's really not talked about a lot, you know, where yeah. people lose sight of where they go. And I feel like that's why so many people um, don't get to where they want to be is because they, they're they burnt out at 14, you know, because they've mm-hmm. done it five years straight, no breaks or stuff like that. Hockey, again, as I said, is not a very well-known sport, especially women's hockey. And, you know, you're trying to grow a sport that needs to grow overall and so you're trying to grow a gender or a portion of that sport already so what would you say are some of the misconceptions of hockey that you know you think people feel because you know like they say oh hockey is boring which I kind of disagree if you ever watch it I quite disagree you know <laughs> but that's my personal opinion um what, what would you say are some of the misconceptions in hockey that you think fans should really enjoy or get into
1: well, hockey's hockey's a very fast sport. I think that's part of what attracted me to it. I watch any other sport now and I'm like, this is like watching paint dry. <laughs> um, but just the speed at, at which the, the game moves and not just the puck, but like line changes. That's what people often ask me. Like, how do you know when to come off the ice?
0: <laughs> yes. like and- I just feel like y'all are just jumping off the thing and I'm like, hold up, wait a minute
1: now. <laughs> it's not always just like when you're tired. I mean, it should be when you're tired because if you're going hard for an entire shift, you should be tired after about like 30, 45 seconds. So that's like how long shifts should be. Um, But I, is also known to be a physical sport. It is a physical sport, but I think that's changed a little bit over time. Um, I mean, if you look at the men's side, it's become a bit more, about, you know, finesse, which is kind of what the, the women's game is more known for because there's no checking in women's hockey. So that could be a misconception if people believe they're checking in women's hockey. Um, some, some people do for sure. Uh, that's another topic that I could talk about all day. I wish, I wish there was checking, but <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time, I think a lot of people appreciate the women's game because there's not, and you can sort of display skill and creativity a little more. Um, and I also believe in that too. So it's, it's a good debate, but yeah, I think there's a misconception that like hockey players don't have teeth. <laughs> yeah. And that's a little bit more common on the men's side, but as you can see, I have all of mine <laughs> um, and we wear women wear full cages. So even if they're a fight were to break out, you know, no one's getting to your face uh, at least probably not. <laughs> um, so yeah, going along with the physicality and the fighting There's probably, um, a stereotype of like everyone being like big and strong and like muscular and masculine, um, at least by like society standards, standards of what that looks like. But, um, that's not always the case. You don't have to be huge, um, to play hockey (laughs) at all. And on you know, men's or women's side, like not, not everyone is like that, um, think that obviously like strength is important but you know it's not just about the physicality of the game there's also speed there's a lot of strategy that goes into it um, a lot of like systems from a team perspective so it's it's not just a physical sport where you know I think I just thought of this quote like I went to a fighting match in a hockey game broke out or something like that when the the point is like the hockey's all about fighting it's really not it's evolved still present in the game um on the men's side but it's changed a little bit and a little bit more about speed and skill which i think is pretty cool cuz you have all these talented players like hockey is not mma or anything like that you know I'm sure those the, you know the men those guys who are fighters could probably hold their own in, in, in an <laughs> mma fight but um, it's it's really about what you know what you can do with the puck and away from the puck, um, and le- allowing that that skill to you know manifest itself. So uh, I think it's the best game in the world because it's I don't know I'm just constantly impressed by what hockey players can do. I know that's kind of weird like because I am one, but um, no, you know, it's, it's a not. thick like a thick piece of steel that you're skating on that's like this big. You're not just skating, you're also maneuvering a puck,
0: <laughs> so like I said, y'all are like above and beyond like first step y'all are able to ice skate let's let's start there and then you're like running on ice skates and then right. you're like not like you're actually doing something while you're running on ice skates. It's like that's just the bare minimum of hockey and then you're actually you know scoring pucks and like doing all this other stuff so like it's it's definitely a talented game that's why I feel like the whole like aggressive like hockey is fighting like that's just one of the things i quite never understood cuz i'm like these people at bare minimum they're able to ice skate like who how many people can actually say they're half decent at ice skating you know
1: <laughs> yeah i know i know and that's i give like anyone a lot of credit who can who gets into skating especially at a younger age cuz i think i mean some i work with a lot of like younger girls and some of them um are a little apprehensive to get on the ice but I think a lot of kids are fearless, at least that's how I was (laughs) because I didn't have that that, like awareness to realize like, oh, this I could get seriously injured, injured doing this. You won the cup in 2018. How was that experience? That was incredible. Uh, So we played that championship game in my home state in New Jersey, in Newark, uh, which is like 15, 20 minutes from where I grew up. So that was pretty cool. Hoist the cup in front of friends and family. Uh, was special. And then, you know, the celebration afterwards, of course, was, was lots of fun. And having the cup, too, for just like a few weeks, most of my teammates had the cup for like a week, but somehow <laughs> I got it for like two or three weeks. And uh, that's just like how the handoff worked from like me to the next person. I took, I call her Izzy, well, not just me, but Izzy for short. So Lady Isabel, who's Lord Stanley, Stanley Cup's name after Lord Stanley, Lady Isabel is Lord Stanley's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that piece of it is pretty cool. The education behind it, the reasoning behind it. Um, But yeah, I had the cup. I took, I think I took her Izzy everywhere. Um, It was like over 4th of July. So I took her to see fireworks. (laughs) I I had a, I had a cup party with family and friends, which was, was pretty special, um, I yeah, just sort of brought her everywhere, and people would be staring at me. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs>
0: like, who is? What is being, that cup? <laughs> like, why is she walking around with this massive trophy? Like, come Ooh. on now. We're it's we're it's the Fourth of July fireworks. You're supposed to be like walking around with like little little lighter things. You're like, like sparklers. why do you, have this? Why do you no. have this massive trophy with you?
1: It was a good conversation starter. Let's let's say that. And I love informing people about the league and about women's hockey. So I kind of like go out of my way to do that. So maybe it was a tactic in a way. But also, I just. Like, why would, Cup's not going to sit at home, you know, all day. I even brought her, <laughs> I even brought her to work one day. So like all my coworkers could, you know, you know, see, and I could share it with them, which is pretty cool. Because the people I, I that I worked with at the time were, you know, pretty big supporters of, of, you know, my hockey career and, you know, followed it, um, which is pretty special to me. But another cool thing that I did when we won it was, uh, we got invited, my team got invited to go to the New Jersey state house in Trenton in the state capital and um, go to a general assembly session with the cup. This is this when I had it. Um, and it was during the day, during, a w- during the week. So I was the only one who could go. <laughs> I actually took off from work to go because I, I was like, I, you know, raised in New Jersey. I can't miss this. Like we're being honored. We're being recognized by the state. This is so cool. And I actually gave a speech to the General Assembly, which I was terrified to do. These are a bunch of like politicians and <laughs> you know lobbyists and stuff, and like they're gonna be like, "Who is this? You know, who is this woman here with this giant trophy?" But it was really cool and special to me because, like I mentioned, it's my home, was home, my home state, and uh, to be honored. Was a really amazing experience. I also ended up going to like a jersey. There's like a jersey expo that a teammate and I got invited to. Um, there's just a bunch of like old school jerseys uh, showcased in this convention center, and we brought the cup. So it's kind of like a little mi- mini tour afterward during the you know during the the celebration and the couple of weeks that I had the cup. Um, so I'll, ne- I'll never forget that. Obviously the game, the game was super memorable as well, but you know, it's, it's really about the experiences that you share with other people and, you know, yeah. making them part of your success.
0: This year you guys were on NBC sports like that had to be.
1: That was, that was huge for the league, obviously. Um, I, you know, I'm used to watching other sporting events, mostly men's hockey and NHL on NBC sports. So <laughs> to be right there, you know, right alongside them. That's, that's where we deserve to be. Um, I think people are starting to realize that that women's hockey is exciting <laughs> and just women's sports as a whole, um, you know, like deserve to be televised and that like exposure and accessibility is so important to, to growing the sport. It's not like we're, to, you know, whether it's the NWHL, WNBA, NWSL, it's not like we're not putting, the athletes aren't putting a good product, you know, on the ice, on the field, on the court. It's just that no one, no one knows we're out here, you know?
0: You're so yelling we need, we in
1: need the sponsor. void.
0: You're just yelling in the void.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, listen, see us. Um, you just want to be seen. That's, but that's what we need, you know? We need sponsorships. We need TV deals, um, you know, to be out there and, and you know get get noticed and uh, you know build viewership and and fans and loyalty uh so that was a huge accomplishment for for the league this season and it's kind of cool to like go back and watch on tv and be like wow that that actually happened like like that was me we're we're here we're here we have (laughs) a long way to go but at least you know we can check this one off the list
0: yeah, definitely. And then like don't get me started on my sports business talk, but like that that whole like idea that people have, you know, not necessarily even women's sport or like any sport that's not, you know, the top two or three that everyone knows or whatever, the fact that it it's like no one wants to watch it. How do you know no one wants to watch it if you don't give them the opportunity to watch it? Like exactly. like if you just like um like the NWL set, the nwsl like they're on twitch right now and like they're getting a lot of streams and stuff like that like just give them like an opportunity like don't don't give them like one game and like expect everyone to do that too because i feel like you know you give them like one game and they're like okay they didn't perform well in this one game well the one game was on fourth of july weekend that happened to also be the same day of like the nba finals like you gotta give you gotta give people their chance but but that was a big thing for y'all. And I was, I was really excited to see that. And that's kind of how I started, you know, looking more into the NWHL oh. and stuff like that too. So, you know, Good, it, you're
1: proving my point. It worked. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, this is, this is the proven fact that if you put them on TV, people will watch and people will be entertained.
1: Yeah. And hopefully that, you know, being at, um, obviously sports is laying the groundwork for, you know, like that was only, uh, a weekend event you know laying the groundwork for a full season tv deal in the future it's going to be big for y'all and
0: I, I see it coming like that like y'all just got a salary in cap increase and I yeah I was like that had to that's really you know working towards y'all go so y'all can you know so more people will be able to do hockey full-time and not have that side job because it has to be hard trying to get a job when you know you have to play hockey and like most people aren't going to be like no Sarah you can't <laughs> you can't take off this many days. So that, that has to be difficult.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a coach now, so my vacation is a little different, but <laughs> when I was working in business, um, you know, I would use my vacation days as travel days for away trips often. So it's like, okay, well, what do you, if you run out of those, like, how do you go on vacation? You know? So it's, it's tough. You make a lot of sacrifices, but I think that it's a lot of, you know, dedicated women who just want to see the sport grow and it's and understand that it's not really for them. It's for the next generation. So, you know, we're jumping through all these hoops and overcoming these hurdles so that they don't have to, right? And that's kind of like a common understanding of like, that's what we're here for. Obviously, we're all competitors. We want to win. We want to be the best. But at the same time, there's a much larger mission. What
0: is a jersey and like, what's the difference between a jersey and a jersey?
1: So a jersey is a jersey, right? A jersey is a t-shirt version version of a jersey.
0: Oh, why why didn't they just call it a (laughs) t-shirt? Like that that would be so much easier just to call it a t-shirt.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But I don't know. Maybe they want to make it seem more appealing or throw people off. I don't know. Like
0: I was I was genuinely confused. Now, yes, I could have like clicked on the link and like found out it was like a t-shirt or whatever. And I'll have um I'll have her links down below because they get commission from
1: their sales of their jerseys and
0: jerseys. So make sure you go buy Rebecca's stuff too. But
1: yeah, I think maybe it's just to distinguish from a t-shirt with a logo on the front and no name and number on the back. That would that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Thank you for the plug on the commissions. (laughs) We do players do get fifteen percent. Um, of the proceeds from their Jersey and Jersey sales. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out.
0: You won the uh, 2020 foundation award for the NWHL and, you know, you do a lot of work with black girls hockey. Like tell us a little bit about the work you do from when you're not on the,
1: I started doing a lot more with black girl hockey club, I think in the last year, it's, I need to plug them now because they're just an incredible organization. Uh, It's really centered on, uh, getting more BIPOC players mostly, and, you know, more focused on women into the game of hockey and not just, you know, as players, as athletes, but in the media, um, you know, coaching referees, fans, whomever. Um, so, uh, their mission is, is one that I align with because I earlier, I touched on like a little bit of the barrier barriers to entry, mm-hmm. uh, for the sport. It is a very white, male-dominated sport, and that's something that, well, one, there needs to be equal opportunities for everyone, regardless of race or gender. And two, um, it's really limiting the sport in terms of growth, right? Because if it's only one subgroup of people primarily getting into the sport, it's just not going to be, it's not going to reach its potential in terms of growth. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about, about that cause. And uh, so I've, I've done a lot of work with black girl hockey club and, you know, trying to increase accessibility to the, to the game and and diversify it more Um, because again, hockey is, you know, growing hockey and, you know, leaving the sport better than I found it is I think what I was put on this planet to do. So that's really aligned with, with my goals and my mission and definitely check out black girl hockey club. If you're not, you're not familiar with them. Uh, they host a lot of you know panel discussions, um, you know, semin- seminars and whatnot. And uh, so I've learned a lot from them. <laughs> and, and, you know, in terms of how I can be, Uh, a more welcoming, inclusive and inclusive athlete to, to my teammates, to fans. And I think I've grown a lot just through my relationship with them. Uh, But I think prior to that and sort of my, my, you know, one of the big projects that I worked on um, that probably led to winning the foundation award in 2020 was um, a holiday toy drive. For an organization called Oasis, uh, it's local to New, New Jersey. They're actually in, in Patterson, New Jersey, and um, it's really dedicated to women and children. Uh, I think their tagline is like a safe haven for women and children. So uh, that what goes into that is you know educational programs for for women and um, you know care for their children while they're doing that. Um, you know, teaching them. English. If you look at like the demographic demographic of that area, um, I think there's a large Black population and and la- Latina. Uh, so um, some of them, you know, some of them might be first generation here here and you know not know um, you know the language, um, but also just educational programs helping them get their GED. Um, and, and really helping them. Like for example, during the pandemic, they were putting together, you know, thousands and thousands of meals uh, for people who were, you know, out of work and, and couldn't, couldn't afford food or care for their kids. So I h- helped organize, I'd done some work with them before and helped organize a, a toy drive at a Riveters home game. And we had like, it was like between 200 and 300 gift donations. Um, from just a single game, which was wow. pretty awesome. I did not, I don't even think I set a goal to be quite honest, but like if I had, that would have exceeded it by far. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool to, um, to be able to give during, during the holidays.
0: Rebecca's goal is for ho- New Jersey to be like the growing ground of female <laughs> hockey players. She was like, I was the sole responsibility <laughs> for why this is the best place to play hockey in the world <laughs> that's her that's her new tagline
1: that's like that's, that's
0: that's her new like my line under her name
1: now yeah I don't know if you could tell but I'm pretty passionate about about riveters it's, as it's you can her see magic. by my mug by my yep. mug Rosie the riveter um and and obviously hockey and uh yeah every, every everybody's got a little pride from where they came from even though they might
0: they might not think they do everyone's a little biased towards it podcast here we do this thing i say this you tell us the first thing that comes to your mind and maybe a little story behind it if you have one so uh the first thing is hockey
1: (laughs) that is like the hardest one ever everything pops into my head i mean i'm gonna say nwhl metropolitan riveters and for those of you who don't know i showed you my mug because our our logo is rosie the riveter so I have a lot of I'm a big Rosie the Riveter fan. I have a lot of Rosie the Riveter items throughout my apartment. I have a coffee mug. I have a bunch of glasses um, in my kitchen. <laughs> some socks, some Rosie the Riveter socks. Um, but yeah, if, that's the first thing I think a- of
0: now. If you're listening to this, you could see like Rebecca's face being like, wow, I have a lot of like Rosie the River stuff. It was like, she was like actually calculating like, well, maybe, maybe it's a little too much. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't share everything. (laughs) Yeah. Then the next
1: thing is two girls, one fork. Uh, food, foodie, (laughs) um, that is my foodstagram that I started with my girlfriend about a year ago, I think, um. We haven't been as active on it, unfortunately. Don't tell anyone. But um, I'm really passionate about food also. And, you know, going out, not just cooking, but going out and exploring different restaurants, different types of cuisines. Um, I like to consider myself a pretty adventurous eater. So it's a hobby of mine. Like f- f- I'm pretty much always watching like hockey or Food Network. <laughs> Thank you
0: so much for being up here. Rebecca, I tell everyone where they can find you. Instagram,
1: the internet, hockey, wherever. Instagram, Twitter. uh, My handle's the same on both those. It's at moose, M-O-O-S-E underscore X underscore I-N-G. Find two girls, one fork to my uh, the Instagram, foodie Instagram account through my account as well.
0: All that will be in the episode notes description below. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. That is gonna be it for this week's episode. Make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe wherever you decide to listen to your podcast at. Head on over to Instagram and follow at Her Sports Convo to stay up to date on all things Hersports Convo. Check out the YouTube channel. We're killing it over there. New videos every Monday at eleven AM Eastern Standard Time, and you can watch the podcast episodes up there too on thursdays at 11 a.m eastern standard time wasn't rebecca amazing i mean i love her she was so fun to talk to and make sure y'all go check her out all the links and stuff will be in the episode notes slash description depends on wherever you're listening to this at and check her out follow her keep up with her black girls hockey you know support her by all her stuff she's doing great things and i can't wait for you know to see what's gonna happen with not only her but the National Women's Hockey League as well. As always, be safe, have fun, and don't be afraid to join the convo.